0: Friend, as some of you already know, this program is financially supported 100% by love gifts from listeners like yourself. So please, would you help us with a donation so that we can produce more programs and bless others? We need your financial support. To make a one-time donation, visit our website, drruthtonyi.org. That's D-R, R-U-T-H. T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G look for the donation button and donate right there it is a very secure simple and easy process or for more of an impact would you prayerfully consider becoming a Christ-centered monthly partner with us while on our website you will find all of the information about becoming a Christ-centered partner as a monthly partner your regular prayers and financial support will enable us to produce more Bible teachings in order to reach more people and transform their lives with God's Word. For those of you who prefer regular email, you can send your donation to us. Here's the address. Dr. Ruth Tiny Ministries, P.O. Box 1806, Loma Linda, California, 92354. You can also email us with your questions about becoming a partner. Here's the email address, info at org. That's I-N-F-O at dot o r g. Or you can always call us at 909-383-7978. Dr. Ruth Tanye Ministries is a federal government-approved 501c corporation, which means that all of your donations are 100% tax-deductible as allowed by the law. We thank you in advance for your kind donation and prayers. We welcome you today. Dr. Ruth continues.
1: Okay, uh, moving right along here. We are down to Chapter... 21 and uh, chapters 21 and 22, we'll take a look at uh, specific instructions to the priest. And uh, because the priest were the ones who were supposed to represent God in front of the people, the priests were the ones uh, who were supposed to offer these sacrifices to God that the people would bring. So God had to give the priest specific instructions and he had to lay down um, hmm, specific uh, consequences if the instructions are not carried out correctly. And part of this is, uh, before we get into some verses here, keep in mind that back then the Israelites uh, community or the Jewish uh, nation practice uh, theocracy theocracy means that the uh, religious laws given to them by God and the civic laws or uh, laws of the land were all warned and the priests were supposed to administer all of this on behalf of God so God had to give them specific instructions how to carry out his laws for uh, multiple reasons number one to maintain order okay and uh, number 2 to reflect his holiness his character and then also to prevent uh boy how can i say this uh, to prevent fraud to prevent abuse of uh, god's laws because these priests were very powerful they they I mean, being the ones that administered God's law, they had a lot of power and control over the people. So God had to give specific instructions that way he would prevent the priests from abusing or misusing their their religious power on the people. And we will learn uh, later on that the priests were not even uh, allowed to own property or to own own land because they had to be fed uh, by God uh, through the offering that people would bring to the sanctuary. So God really put all of this in place to, to protect bribery, to, to prevent corruption, and to reflect his holy laws. But <laughs> unfortunately, fallen human beings are fallen human beings. In spite of what God did to put all of this in place, people still abuse them, And as we will learn moving forward, all of this, uh, the priests, some of them abused these laws, and there was a lot of fraud uh, that went on. But, of course, nobody could keep these laws. That, that was why Jesus had to come. Thank you, Jesus, who fulfilled all of these, and he is our high priest. So let's go over some of the instructions that the Lord gave the priest during the Old Testament time so you you can have a perspective of of how the priest had to practice. And this will also help you to appreciate the ministry of Jesus, I tell you, because this priest could not fulfill this. These were perfect laws. Okay, so let's look at the first few verses. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the priest, the sons of Aaron, and say to them, Uh, A priest must not make himself uh, ceremonially unclean for any of his people who die, except for a close relative, such as his mother uh, or father, his son or daughter. So those were the standards right off the bat, right there. You come to verse 5. The priest must not shave their heads or shave off the edges of their beards or cut their bodies. Right there. They have to maintain order. Uh, they must be holy to their God and must not profane the name of the God. Wow. Again, uh, it, it, that verse went on to describe how they have to maintain holiness because they have to present the food offerings to the Lord. So they have to uh, reflect this holiness. Look at verse 7. Uh, the priests must not marry uh, women defiled by prostitution or divorced from their husbands. So God is giving specific instructions and guidance who they should get married to. And uh, again, this goes to tell us that uh, when God uh, set the, the office of the priest, marriage was acceptable by the Lord, but uh, that was his, his original plan. Even though today we have a certain Roman Catholic priests and Orthodox priests who chose by their own choice not to get married, that is their choice. That is not a law given to them by God. Just like we have Protestants, uh, pastors, and ministers who can choose to be celibate, who can choose not to get married. It's the same thing. It's a choice matter. But God God did not impose that onto us. Come to verse uh, 9. If a priest's daughter defiles herself by becoming a prostitute, she disgraces her father and she must be burnt in the fire. This was serious. This just goes to highlight how God really wanted the priest to be set apart. Okay, for his holy use. They were consecrated. Wow. Mm. So, um, look at verse 10. The high priest, the one among his brothers who, who has had the anointing oil poured on his head and who has been ordained to wear the priestly garment must not let his hair become unkept. Again, remember that high priest was Aaron? He was the only one who got into the holy of holies. So the Lord is giving uh, specific instructions. I mean, even after Aaron died, for other priests, they cannot keep their they cannot mourn essentially, like other people do. They have to maintain order. And um, again, signifying the as the role of the high priest as one of the it is the highest. Or it was the highest role, really. Of course, Jesus is our high priest today. So the high priest had specific restrictions on things to do, things not to do. Look at verse uh, 7. He must not enter a place where there is a dead body. Uh, he, must not make, he must not make himself unclean because he would uh, end up getting into the sanctuary to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Look at verse 13. Uh, the Lord gave strict orders that the wife of the, of the high priest must be a virgin. Of course, again, that whole principle of uh, consecration, dedication, uh, to maintain purity. Um, verse 16. The Lord said to Moses, said to, to Aaron, for the generations to come, none of your descendants who has a defect may come near to offer the food of his God. Let me talk about this for a minute. Remember uh, the Aaron as a high high priest, as I had just mentioned, the priest will come from the descendants of um, Aaron. We had talked about this. So these specific instructions that we have been discussing in these last few verses were pertaining to Aaron and his descendants. And if you read the rest of these verses here, all the way down to a beginning. With verse sixteen all the way down to uh, verse uh, the end of chapter twenty one. In fact, the Lord went on to give specific instructions how the uh, if the high priest has any bodily defect, okay, defect in the eyes, defect in the testicles. Uh, if if they if they are lame or they are crippled, they cannot offer sacrifice to the Lord. This is not to say that God has anything against handicaps. No, this is a principle of of holiness. Okay, God will not accept anything that is not holy. Anything offered to the Lord had to be one hundred percent holy. So the Lord is just setting a precedent. It's a principle here that the priest. The high priest, rather, who is the one responsible for coming into the Holy of Holies and to make all the sacrifice, has to reflect his holiness. Perfect, that's all. And of course, we see that in Jesus Christ. He was the only sinless, holy, perfect person who died for our sins. So this is just a consistent running theme of holiness, uh, from the Lord which he is uh, ref- he is uh, saying that his priest must maintain that holiness so that uh, the people can see. And remember, God is consistent across everything he does, but again, nobody could maintain this kind of holiness except Jesus. So don't don't think that God has something against people who are handicapped. No, God loves everybody. God cares for the poor, God cares for the handicapped people, but God will not accept a human being. Who is uh, who has a bodily defect. God will not accept an animal who has some kind of defect as a sacrifice. That is all that this is saying. All right. And um, verse 22 uh, says, He may eat the most holy food of his God as well as a holy food, yet because of his defect, he must not go near the curtain or approach the altar. So you see how God is saying that, hey, the priest who has all of this defect cannot come to the altar to offer the sacrifice to offer the sacrifice but they can eat out of the food just to show that uh, God is holy so everything in the law has to be holy and he is consistent. We come to verse 20. No I'm sorry. We come to uh, chapter 22 and the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons to treat with respect the sacred offerings the Israelites consecrate to me so they will not profane my holy name. I am the Lord. So in this chapter, the Lord went on to describe more um, or he went on to give more laws to the priest with regards to uh Consequences that would ensue if his laws are not carried out as prescribed. So you can read those verses on your own. And he also went on to describe certain ways that the priest must behave before they approach him. Uh, Just to list a few of them. uh, Look at verse 5. The priest cannot touch anything that is crawling. That will make the priest unclean. And if you come to uh, verse 6 there. He must not eat any of the sacred offerings unless he has bathed himself with water. Again, uh, presenting uh, cleanliness. Uh, The priest has to uh, be properly cleaned spiritually, physically before they approach the Lord. Uh, Look at verse 9. The priests are to perform my service in such a way that they do not become guilty and die for treating it with contempt. I am the Lord. Just exactly what I have been saying. The Lord had to give the priest instructions how to carry out his holy laws. That way they don't do it any way they want. And also part of this too, the priests are from the pagan nations, like the Egyptian priests or the priests in the other pagan nation that they were going to go possess, such as uh, the Canaanites, they just did things haphazardly uh, to worship their uh, pagan gods. So God, uh, w- the true living God was giving the priest, uh, descendants of Aaron, sp- specific instructions how they should approach him, also setting this priest apart from the pagan priests. Okay? That is also part of setting them apart. All right. Look at verse 10. No one outside a priest's family may eat the sacred offering. This is serious, okay? Uh, Nor may the guest of a priest of his hired worker, again, setting the priest apart, verse uh, 12. If a priest's daughter marries anyone uh, other than the priest, she may not eat any of the sacred contribution. Again, the Lord restricting only the priest to eat out of the offerings from the people. Verse uh, fourteen is a consequence now. Anyone who eats a sacred offering by mistake must make a restitution to the priest for the offering and add a fifth of the value to it. So the God is, so the Lord is laying out consequences for dishonoring His instructions uh, for the priest. There. Verse fifteen: The priest uh, must not desecrate the sacred offering. The uh, the offering the Israelites present to the Lord by allowing them to eat the sacred offerings and to bring upon them guilt. Again, the Lord just went on to say the priests are responsible to make sure that the Israelites do not abuse the, um, the offerings. They have to treat it with respect as sacred as unto the Lord. Okay, verses uh, 17 all the way to verse 30. The Lord went on to give specific instructions of uh, sacrifices that he will not accept. Boy, we may laugh at this, but this is important because how else would they know what not to give to the Lord? If the Lord didn't give them these instructions, they would have just done what they saw from the Egyptians. So the Lord went on to give specific instructions for, for things that he will not accept sacrifice let's just highlight a few of these because you can read all of this on your own It's pretty much self-explanatory look at um, verse 19 you must present a male without defect again the perfect animal we talked about that already verse 20 do not bring anything with a defect we talked about that already all right Uh, let's come to verse 22 do not offer to the Lord the blind the injured we talked about that already. The Lord said, do not place any of this in the altar. We talked about this already. How, the, how God loves the handicapped people, but he is looking for a perfect sacrifice because he's a God of perfection. All right. And honestly, right now, God still expects perfection from us. God hasn't changed. This hasn't changed. Except we go in the name of Jesus. So do you see how these laws are relevant to even our practice of Christianity today. We cannot just approach God on our own. Even as Christians, we can only approach God through Jesus Christ because he is the only holy person that ever lived. So these things haven't changed. Jesus had not come in the flesh in the Old Testament. So God had to walk through these holy laws And through the priest. But today, Jesus has fulfilled all of these laws. So we go in the name of Jesus. We go through Jesus who is holy in order to approach God. So it's the same. Wow. This is amazing. I hope you are getting this. Um, Which really explains why all of these other so-called world religions or self-proclaimed leaders we really have to keep them in prayers because they cannot approach the holy God on their own merit. It has to be through Jesus Christ only. The perfect lamp of God. God hasn't changed. Okay. Uh, verse 24. You must not offer to the Lord an animal whose testicles are bruised. Isn't this something? <laughs> okay. So uh, we come all the way to... Verse 29, when you sacrifice a thank, uh, giving offering to the Lord, sacrifice it in such a way that it will be acceptable on your behalf. Wow. Verse 31, keep my commands and follow them. I am the Lord. Do not profane my holy name for I must be acknowledged as holy by the Israelites. I am the Lord who made you holy and who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. God is saying that, honor my laws, I am holy, do not profane my name, reflect my holiness to the other nations, reflect my holy characters. So that brings us to the end of Chapter twenty-two. Measure principle, uh, principle number one: God's holiness reflected all over these uh, chapters. We've talked about that. The the priest had to maintain such perfection <laughs> uh, in order to reflect God's holiness among the Israelite community and among the surrounding nations. Uh, that is the biggest application there. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. That is the biggest principle there. Application, like I said earlier. This is still applicable today. Jesus Christ is our high priest. None of these priests in the Old Testament time were able to fulfill this holy and perfect loss. They could not keep it. Jesus Christ, like I have said throughout, was the only sinless son of God who kept this loss perfectly. He never sinned. He has been exalted, seated at the right hand of God the Father. Woo, glory to God. He is our high priest. Uh, Again, we still cannot approach God in our own merit. Even as Christians, we still go in the name of Jesus. Even in our prayers, even in our conversations with, uh, with God, we go through Jesus. When we call upon the name of Jesus as Christians, God sees us as holy, as righteous. Because we have faith in Jesus Christ, God sees us as justified, All of our sins have been forgiven. Uh, We have inherited righteousness at the time of our salvation. Morally, spiritually, God sees us as righteous in the eyes of Jesus. So God sees us through the lens of Jesus Christ, who is holy, perfect. So we must approach God in the name of Jesus, even as New Testament believers, not through laws. Okay, and again, application here... uh, God gave this loss to the priest to prevent fraud, abuse, because they had a lot of power. It is still applicable today. As ministers, as pastors, as priests, uh, we still have, uh, at least people perceive that we still have uh, spiritual power. We are not to abuse our spiritual position. We are not to abuse our leadership uh, to manipulate people. We are just servants of God. We are just uh, the ones God called as teachers, to teach the people his laws, to teach the people his words. We are supposed to uphold godly character, godly uh, mannerisms. We are not supposed to abuse our leadership position. That is still applicable today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, if you have not asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, I want to give you the opportunity. Like I have been saying, only Jesus Christ was able to fulfill all of these Old Testament laws. He was the only perfect person. He was the only 100% righteous, perfect, holy son of God. You cannot approach God apart from having a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you have not accepted Jesus Christ, I want you to Truly consider asking him into your life today. The Bible tells us throughout that he died for the sins of the world. He fulfilled all of these laws. But you must make a decision and invite him into your life. He is always willing. He is always ready. For there is no other name given unto man except the man Jesus Christ that salvation must come through. So if you've not asked Jesus Christ into your life today, I want for you to consider It's as simple as just believing in your heart that he died for your sins, that he was God in the flesh, and that he died and was raised on the third day and that he is alive. If you believe that in your heart, the Bible says, and you confess that with your mouth, you shall be saved. That's it. That's all you have to do. It has to come from your heart. And if you are genuinely believing that right now, if you genuinely believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, he was raised, you want to ask him into your life, say this simple prayer. You can say this prayer while driving, keep your eyes open, or you can pull over, or if you are at home, you can go on your knees and raise your hands. That is a position of humility towards God who is your creator. Just say this simple prayer, Father God, forgive me for all of my sins. I acknowledge I am a sinner I ask you today God to forgive me for all of my sins knowingly and unknowingly I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ died for my personal sins on that cross and that you raised him from the dead he is alive today I ask you Jesus to come into my life as my personal Lord Savior and friend and cleanse me Today, by faith, I believe you've accepted me. I accept and I receive your forgiveness. By faith, I declare I'm a Christian. Thank you, God. Dear God, fill me with your Holy Spirit right now so I can be strengthened to live the Christian life to glorify you. By faith, I am filled with the Holy Spirit and I am a child of God. Thank you, God. In Jesus'
0: name, amen. So as you proceed with your day today, remember that God is with you always, enabling you to overcome in Jesus' name. I am Chris Oren. Stay blessed and bye for now.